To the Montevallo BCM podcast. This is our first actual episode. My name is Jacob Freeman. I serve as the campus minister here at the Baptist Campus Ministries at the University of Montevallo. And today we are covering a topic, a pretty heavy topic, of the gospel and mental health. I need to offer this disclaimer first, which is simply an acknowledgement of our lack of medical training. We are not mental health professionals. Um, I do not have any counseling or psychiatry degrees. Uh, We will be speaking mainly from experience and also with an understanding that the medical community admits the need for further research in the area of mental health. There is nowhere near a consensus on mental health treatment in the way there is for something like pneumonia or a broken bone. So please don't take this discussion as medical advice, but simply as a discussion and exploration of our personal experiences with mental health and our Christian faith. And with that said, I'd like to introduce who else is on this podcast with me today. So Madison, would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Madison Lawrence, and I'm a student here at Montevallo. I'm a math major, and I hope to teach math to deaf students um, when I grow up. Uh, what a privilege it is to um, be here today to have deep discussion that we can share with others. And although I am quite nervous, I'm really excited to be doing this episode. I like how you said, when you grow up. But Madison, you're in college. You're a grown-up. Um, that's, that's right. I mean, I've known you for a while, and I've known that you are passionate about this topic of mental health. And it's an interesting time for me to know you and get to know you because in the recent years, there has been an explosion of this term, mental health. It's just part of our everyday vernacular. What do we actually mean when we use the term mental health? What does that mean to you? Well, specifically to me, when I hear the term mental health, I immediately think of the state of well-being of a person. How do they feel? What, what are they thinking? You know, that psychological component of the health of a person. Also, what impact that has on their day, on their lives, on their families, on themselves. You know, um, just a couple of fast facts. Uh, anxiety disorders, which actually can be psychological or physical, I know because I experience them, disorders such as post-traumatic stress disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, and specific phobias actually affect 18.1% of the U.S. population. And these disorders can even start as early as 11 years old. As far as your own experience with mental health issues, would you be willing to talk to us a little bit about your history with it? Yes, of course. Uh, I just wanted to start by saying my official diagnosis because I think while self-diagnosis is is an important aspect of mental illness, 
uh, it's always good to have a professional speak to you and talk to you about what they think might be wrong with you because of their expertise. So before I was even diagnosed with what I'm about to tell you, I knew I had it. Um, not even knowing the name of it, I knew from just looking up stuff and researching uh, that I had this specific thing. But in 2019, I was officially diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder and severe anxiety and depression. Um, I currently see a counselor at the school. Uh, they provide such good resources for students here. And I also see a psychiatrist who has not only made my life livable, but has allowed me to realize that I'm allowed to take up space in this world. Was it difficult for you to talk to other people about this in the beginning? I mean, you, you said that you started experiencing these things at kind of a young age and you may not have had the terminology even built into your vocabulary. Um, did, it, did you think that this was just a normal part of growing up and thought maybe your friends were feeling all the same things? Or did you know that, no, there's, there's something serious going on here and it took you a little while to talk to somebody or how did that happen? Well... I, I would say that I knew that there was something off about me compared to my other friends. Not that just from what I was seeing, I, I thought, oh, they're, they're normal. You know, there's nothing wrong with them and no one can relate to me. But I knew just from existing that some of my friends probably weren't going through the same things that I was. And just to give like examples, um, my earliest memory of OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, is it was in the third grade and class was over. It was three o'clock when we finished and I could not leave the classroom because I was constantly having to draw lines down the middle of my page. And I sat there for hours and hours and you might ask where my parents were. I don't remember, but <laughs> um, I just remember having to draw these lines down my page and you know, I was like, why am I doing this? I don't see anyone else doing it. But it calmed down for a couple years until about the sixth grade, which is when my obsession started. So there's, um, you have compulsions and obsessions in OCD. And back in the third grade, that was an example of a compulsion. But in the sixth grade, I experienced obsessions where specifically because I knew about the gospel and I knew about Jesus Christ, um, my thoughts started attacking Jesus Christ and they said really bad things about, about him. I was about 10 years old and I asked my teacher, why am I thinking that I want to kill Jesus? Just being very um, clear right there. And she told me that I was possessed by a demon and I don't see how that was very helpful, you know, telling a child that they're, what they are experiencing is is because of a demon. I mean, we don't know things for sure, but I, I just, that wasn't very helpful. Then I got to high school and everything just started to go downhill. My obsessions um, increased, my compulsions increased. I couldn't go near a church. And I specifically talk about the religious aspect of my OCD because it's been one of the biggest, um, the biggest problems I've, I've had over the years. It's People call it scrupulosity or blasphemous thoughts, and that has affected me a lot more than other things have in terms of my OCD. And being, uh, well, I, I didn't consider myself a Christian then as I do now, but being in a Christian-ish household and a Christian nation, it was all around me. 
it was just constantly being attacked by my thoughts and my actions. And at one point I just said, if I say that God doesn't exist, then I wouldn't have the thoughts anymore. But that didn't happen. They continued. And just not being able to talk to anyone, not because people weren't around, but because I was scared because I didn't know what they would think of me and if they would judge me. But eventually in my second to last year of high school, I I called my dad and I said, I am not well. I am not okay. I don't know what's wrong with me. And immediately he wanted to help me because that's just the kind of person my dad is. Without understanding what exactly was going on with me, he tried his best to comfort me. Um, he even got me medication, which might you know, it might not always be the first step, but it was what he knew to do as he's a doctor and he knows medicine. So he tried to get me um, anxiety medicine when everything was just uh, pretty horrible. And all I remember telling him is I'm not okay because that's all I knew how to say. I didn't know how to say I have obsessive compulsive disorder. I have obsessions. I have compulsions. I just said I'm not okay. And that's how I got my point across to him. I've heard people say, that I think is, is a good way of putting it, that there's not a demon behind every disease, but the enemy, Satan, can attack us in our diseases. The enemy can use that to make us doubt things and, and wrestle with things. It may not be the, the sole cause of it, but uh, we, we definitely don't want to just chalk things up to only being spiritual. And again, we'll get to that later on in this episode. But you said that when you first started wrestling with this, that you you knew of Jesus, you were in a very Christian context, you tried to deal with this for a little while by just saying, okay, well, I don't believe any of this. Now you call yourself a Christian today, and I'll, I'll be a little facetious here, but if you're a Christian, are you allowed to experience mental illness? Is that normal for them? Well, to simply put, I am indeed a Christian. I That's my identity. When someone asks me, what do you identify as? I'm a Christian. That's my identity. And I do suffer from mental illness. But what baffles me is why people think that Christians are exempt from, from these illnesses. Um, in the Bible, there are so many um, instances of persecution and suffering. Why should Christians think that now we, we're not going to experience that same persecution and that same suffering, whether it's physical or mental? I like to think of it this way. Christians are humans who choose to have their faith in a powerful God who saves. But guess what? They're human. Humans who are subject to pain, suffering, depression, anxiety, OCD. And this is all from the fall of man and the sin that was brought about as a result. However, we have a God. Those same humans have a God who saves, Jesus Christ, who has overcome the world. And without this, there is no hope, and I can see why someone would, with mental illness who's not a Christian would be very hopeless. But as a Christian, I have gotten better in handling my mental illness. I have that hope because of Christ. A Christian, according to the biblical worldview, understands the fallenness of our world. They should expect bodies to break down, minds to malfunction, and they should not be surprised when something like this happens. And the Christian response is one of hope, a, a realistic hope, a hope in the fact that even in our lifetime, that Christ can renew our minds and uh, that the Spirit can, can heal us. But 
if that doesn't happen as quickly as we want it to or as completely as we want it to here on, on the earth, we await the return of Christ to make all things new again, where complete restoration is, is promised. So the Christian response is not to be completely surprised by something like this, but also not to be completely unrealistic and think that it's, it's going to be perfectly fine once I believe in Jesus. It, the Bible doesn't promise that. And uh, I don't think a Christian worldview promises that. And, and to compare that to what a, a non-Christian might experience with, with mental illness, of course, anybody, whether you're a believer in Jesus or not, wants to be healed, wants to, to get better. In fact, I've counseled students who say, Jacob, I'm, I'm not a Christian, but I need some help with this. And I, I would gladly refer them to some uh, medical help. And I would gladly talk through whatever issues they want to to talk through. But at the end of the day, as a Christian minister, the most hopeful thing I have to offer is complete restoration in Jesus. Not exclusively, like I said, we'll, we'll get to the, the necessity of maybe medical intervention, but that is the most hopeful thing we have, that Jesus has come to this earth. He has made a way to be reconciled, redeemed, and restored through faith in Him. And uh, that's actually the most hopeful thing I think I have to offer anybody, especially someone wrestling with uh, mental illness. So with that, let me ask you this question. Where do you see the intersection of the gospel and your mental health? Do these two things relate to one another in your mind? Thinking about that question, uh, you said the word intersection, and to be honest, I don't think I would even call it an intersection because when I think of my life, I think of mainly two things, my Christian identity and my battle with OCD. And that's very specific, but it's all I've ever known. And to simply, um, to say simply, God uses our lives and, and our, our hearts and our families and our friends in mind-boggling ways to carry out his will. And without my illness, I would not be the Christian I am today. And without my faith, I would not be here today. I, I really wouldn't be. And if it wasn't clear enough, these two things relate in every possible way there is. Because for me to carry on living is because of my faith. And I have been able to do that because Jesus Christ saves. And even if I'm not cured in this lifetime, whatever your version of a cure is, I know it's going to come in the second coming of, of Christ. So that hope alone is what gets me through every day. Uh, when I was back in high school, I didn't have that hope. I didn't know who he was, who, who Jesus was. Um, I was hopeless. I wanted to end my life. You know, there was nothing to hold on to until I came to college and I was placed in, in what I call the perfect place because it was a, an accident that I came to Montevallo, a complete accident. But at the same time, it wasn't because I met Jacob, I met friends, I, I got into a church, I found people who truly cared about me, and I found Christ. And that's the best thing that has ever happened in my life. Wow, that makes me very happy to hear. I think your answer is is perfect to say there really is no intersection. The two are one and the same. How the gospel relates to our uh, any kind of mental illness or mental health condition, it, it brings to mind a, a couple of scriptures. Uh, Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Uh, 
that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. Ephesians 4, 23. But that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God, in true righteousness and holiness. A very similar verse found in Colossians 3.10. To have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. The gospel itself is a renewal of our minds and the way we think uh, about the world, about other people, about ourselves. Uh, The Ephesians verse talked about deceitful desires and um, I mean, I'm the first person to admit that my desire, desires deceive me on a daily basis. And what actually renews the way I think and brings me back into a healthy spiritual and even physical place is the gospel. Um, I also think of 1 Peter 5, verses 6 and 7. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all of your anxieties on him because he cares for you. How does the gospel relate to our mental health? Just the fact to know that we are cared for and that someone is actually working for our good and that person being Jesus Christ. That's um, to cast all your anxieties on him, not just to burden him with our anxieties, but because he's actually powerful enough to handle them and to, to take care of them. One of the common reasons that I hear through counseling or through testimony of students that they experience some difficulty with their mental health um, comes from the problem of guilt and shame, uh, experiencing despair based off of uh, things that either these students have done or things that have been done to these students. Um, that, that feeling of guilt and needing to uh, feel redemption and, and relief and forgiveness and, and really freedom. Uh, the reason why I, I bring this up is because in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And in these verses, the promises of Jesus, we, we hear the fact that he knows we are burdened people. He knows we are burdened. We carry around things that are heavy. Some of it we, we place on our own shoulders and backs, and some of it has been thrust upon us by others. But either way, what the gospel is, is a promise of Christ to, to give us rest in exchange for our heavy burdens. And a lot of that is this guilt and shame and despair. This feeling of, man, I've done this thing. I don't know how to get, how to separate myself from it, how to get away from it. And what Jesus says is, if you come to me, I'll take those things and I'll offer you free forgiveness and redemption. And that's, that's really the heart of the gospel message. Of course, there's, there's much more to it. It's much bigger than that, but it, it cannot be reduced beyond that. The fact that Jesus promises redemption 
for the guilt and the shame that often leads to mental illness. And I will say that not everyone who deals with mental health issues is engaging in a behavior that causes guilt and shame. That's not the only cause of it, but with the the increased frequency of diagnoses and treatments for young people with mental health issues, a lot of times what uh, I'm hearing from counselors is that they come for counseling experiencing anxiety and depression because of things in their past. And what the gospel offers is a, a new creation. Well, Madison, before asking you about what your mental health looks like today compared to even three or five years ago, I want to ask you this question, which is kind of a debated question. And and again, I want to repeat, uh, we are not professionals in this area, but it is something well worth talking about for even just a minute on this episode. But is mental health a matter of physical health, spiritual health, or maybe a combination of both of those things? This is a tough question. I definitely believe that mental health can be a combination of both. However, I don't think it's always a combination of both. Sometimes it's physical, sometimes it's a spiritual battle, but as humans, we were made by God with both parts to us, our physical side and our spiritual side. Um, with me, I don't know specifically if my mental illness has to do with only physical problems or a spiritual problem, but for a while, after my, you know, my teacher in sixth grade told me I was possessed by a demon, I always thought it was because I just wasn't a good enough person. Uh, I was suffering with these things because I was just a bad person. And realizing that that's not the case today has really helped me because it's not about how good of a person we are, whatever that means to you. But we're not saved by our works. We're saved by our faith um, in Christ. And in sixth grade and in third grade and now, I was suffering from a medically proven disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, the fact that millions of people just like me have the same thoughts, makes it makes me think that maybe it is just physical. Maybe it is just a result of the fall of man and, you know, chemical imbalances, um, errors in the brain, errors in in nerve transmissions and stuff like that makes me want to think that it could just be physical. But at the end of the day, I don't know. And I don't think it's for me to know. I just know that I was placed here on this earth suffering with something. And it just depends on how I choose to use that. Do I help people with it like, like me? Or do I just continue in hopelessness? And while I understand exactly how someone who is hopeless feels. I want to be sure to say that it's not about what we're suffering with. It's it's how we can help other people with it. And that's that's how I, I really go about my life, just understanding that other people have suffered like me and I just want to help them in, in whatever way I can. So whether it's physical or spiritual or both, um, we're just here right now and just choosing to be a light in someone else's life to me is, is the key, is the key thing to think about. You know, we can argue all day about whether it's 
oh, it's only spiritual, it's a demon, or it's just physical, there's no spiritual side to it. I don't think we'll ever know the answer to that question, but I think it's important to talk about. That's a really helpful answer. It's helpful because it's it's humble, which I think is a, a good Christian virtue to express in, in any answer to a difficult question, but it's also full of, of wisdom and practicality that um, we're here to help others. You're here to help others even find hope in Christ. You're not here to get every answer to every question that you might ask. And, and you're right, this is a really tough one. What I hear from professionals in this area is you don't deny the spiritual aspect of something like this. There's, there's absolutely a component to that, and you don't deny the physical aspect um, to mental illness. Our brains are physical organs. They can malfunction, and and seeking professional medical help is not a sign of a lack of faith. It's a, it's a sign that you uh, are free to pursue the good gifts that God has, has given all of us, the common grace that He's shown us through the medical industry. You just can't disconnect the physical from the mental as well, and that's why Every time I talk to somebody who's very well-versed in mental health, they always talk about the necessity of adequate sleep or frequent exercise or uh, a balanced diet. These things are, are so important. Even those physical habits affect our spiritual health. They're, they're not necessarily spiritual habits, but they, they play a huge part in how we think and live and move every day even when it comes to our spiritual lives. So that's, that's a good, helpful question. And uh, I think the, the conclusion to it is every situation has to be evaluated. One instance may lean towards one side. The next person may lean towards the other side. And often it's a combination of both. And I would encourage anybody dealing with mental health to, to seek help in both of these areas, whether it's, it's medical help Maybe just mentioning to your primary care physician, hey, these are some things I'm dealing with on a daily basis. Talking to your your spiritual advisor, a pastor or a minister, and say, hey, these are some things I'm dealing with on a daily basis and getting proper care in both of those areas. Well, then I'd like to ask you the question, what does your mental health look like today compared to three to five years ago? I don't know if there's any kind of specific indications that you can point to on that you experience on a daily basis, but how have you changed over the past few years? I would say three to five years ago, my mental health was completely different. And I can give a few specific examples. When I joined the BCM and started going to the off groups that they offered, um, which was like a tiny Bible study, get to know you, just take a second from life kind of um, meeting, I could not stay there for more than five minutes without having a panic attack and having to run back to my room because I couldn't handle it. I couldn't go to the calf by myself. I couldn't give up a speech in class because I would shake too much. Um, I remember my graduation, I had to give a speech. I had a panic attack after that. Um, I couldn't talk to my friends um, in person. I had to talk to them over social media because I was so scared of talking to people in person. I couldn't make eye contact with people. Um, I just, I wasn't living life the way, the way I knew I could. 
three years later, I'm able to lead a Bible study with, you know, friends here at the BCM and where in the past I couldn't even stay in one because I was so anxious. Mm-hmm. Now I'm actually leading one, which is completely crazy to me. So if that doesn't give you like a really specific example of how I've come from being so anxious to now being in a leadership role, and that to me is crazy. So um, if, since then I have, you know, tried many medicines and types of counseling and without counseling I would not be the person I am right now so while I am a Christian and my faith is extremely important to me I think God placed the psychiatrist and the counselor and my friends and my family in my life to also help me because without my counselor I wouldn't know how to function on a daily basis and she's given me so many tools to use so I'm not saying I'm perfect right now. I still struggle. Uh, Just a couple days ago, I was feeling extremely anxious and overwhelmed for no apparent reason. And I, I I couldn't tell you what was wrong with me. But I know that there has been growth and I've seen the growth. I'm just happy that I can function um, to the point of leading a Bible study or being able to go to the calf with my friends or you know, not thinking I'm a horrible person all the time. So it's definitely gotten better. And I, I can only hope that it continues that way. It's a, it's a great testimony, really beautiful story of how uh, the gospel and Christian community counseling and modern medicine can all combine to, to really help somebody uh, flourish and thrive in uh, an important part of your life through your college years. And and I know what you have done is you have become a great steward of your testimony and story to help others. That's what we're praying this podcast episode does. And so if you, as a listener, are dealing with any or all of these same issues that you've heard us talk about today, and you just want somebody to talk to, Masson is very passionate and uh, very willing to talk to other students about this topic. So I guess, Madison, what is your email address that maybe somebody can write you a note and say, hey, would you be free to go get coffee or to Zoom or, I don't know, go on a walk around campus and talk about these kind of things? Where could they email you? Yes, of course. My email address is Madison L A W. 43 at gmail.com. That's M A D I S O N L A W 43 at gmail.com. Well, thanks for doing that. Uh, if you guys want to know any anything else about our ministry here at the BCM, you can just go to MontevalloBCM.com. We're thankful for your grace and your patience in tackling such a difficult subject. We're just praying for God to do amazing things through this time. All right, talk to you next time. <laughs>